This is Gateway City Sports. From Gateway City Sports and Talking Sports on the Bleachers, it is the NCAA Report with me, Don Glenn, and my compadre, Russ Robinson. Stay tuned. Well, hello, folks, and welcome back to the NCAA Report. Joining me today, as always, my broadcast partner on the Missouri side of the Mississippi River, Russ Robinson, a.k.a. Uncle Frank. How you doing there, Frank? Uh, I'm doing fine, uh, Don. Doing, doing great. It was a, from the Missouri end, as we were talking before, it was a good weekend. So uh, most of us Mizzou fans are, are pretty happy right now. You've had a good three weeks, actually. I mean, uh, you know, com- com- compared to my side of the river, but uh, you know, uh-huh. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, I want to uh-huh. start off with, and I don't know what it is about the Big Ten right now, but it seems like every problem involving a coach or every question involving a coach right now is coming out of the big 10. I know last time we got together, we talked about Pat Fitzgerald up in, uh, in Northwestern and uh, PJ flex having a little bit of questioning going on in Minnesota. And now we have Mel Tucker, uh, Michigan oh, yeah. state head coach being suspended without pay for, uh-huh. uh, sexual harassment Mm. and Mm -hmm. what makes this story even more strange is the gal in question and her name is uh uh, brenda tracy she's a rape survivor who Mm -hmm. goes around and talks to uh basically men's groups teams about sexual assault awareness basically and I guess Mel Tucker had partnered with her and they had gone around uh, on like a circuit of some sort and talking about, you know, this, this very subject. And he's actually, he actually had invited her twice to speak to his team uh, specifically. And another time he, she was invited to be a honorary uh, captain or a coach or something like that. The suspension comes from, Evidently, there was a phone call that the two had had where she claims he made a number of inappropriate sexual comments. And uh, for those of you with with uh, weak constitutions, mute the recording for the next 10 seconds that he (laughs) masturbated during the phone call. Mm -hmm. Now, how she would have known this unless he's telling her, I, I have no clue. Now, he is claiming that it was consensual phone sex. Mm-hmm. This is not going to go well, I think, for Mel Tucker. 
No. Uh, no, I don't think so. And, you know, uh, whether it was consensual or not, I mean, the other, the, on top of it, he's married with, I, I understand he's married with a couple of kids. So, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he probably didn't need, he probably didn't need to be there doing that. So uh, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. I don't know if it's as much as a, he said, she said type thing. It sounds like, well, you know, he's, He's admitting to it, uh, but he says it's consensual. She said it wasn't. So it's really hard to, to judge uh, on this. Uh, so, you know, Mel Tucker doesn't come out looking good in any way on this. Uh, you know, whether, you know, he's cleared of this this conversation he had with this this woman. Uh, still, he admitted he it was a consensual thing and he's married. So he shouldn't have been mm -hmm. doing it. So I don't see how he comes out ahead on this at all or, or with. So it yeah, looks like I, to I, me, it's, it's a matter of all these coaches. I think about every coach now that signs a contract with the power five school, especially mm -hmm. and with all right. the millions of school has invested with them. They have a moral and ethics clause in their contract. And they basically say they can get rid of you anytime on that. And that's happened before with other coaches. So, I, you know, I just don't see how this turns out. Uh, well for Mel Tucker in, in any way you look at it. So, yeah, I mean, they're already looking at, uh, there's already uh, articles out all over the place about, uh, top four, top five guys to replace, uh, uh, Tucker, uh, right now, Harlan Barnett is the interim, um, head coach, uh, until they get this figured out. And I guess they've they have, uh, hired uh, Mark D'Antonio, the former coach at Michigan State, uh, mm -hmm. to act as, as an advisor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. take that for what it's worth. Um, but yeah, I, I, and and I don't know. Like I said I don't know if it's just because there's because of the Fitzgerald uh, or the Northwestern scan because there's more than one coach involved there. But uh, whether it's the Northwestern scandal or not, but it just seems like. You know, that's what three schools in less than mm, three months that have mm -hmm. fired or 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 have had questions revolving around coaches and their activities. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know what that says for the Big Ten. I mean, um, I'd like to think I would have liked to have thought that Fitzgerald thing was maybe an outlier, that it was more he was more along the lines of uh, Paterno mm -hmm. uh, when that whole scandal went down, you know, where he really didn't know it, or he was just kind of saying, okay, you guys handle it yourself, whatever. Um, you know, the whole Fleck thing. I mean, that's, that's a six of one half dozen another. And now we got this, uh, like you said, he said, she said thing, even though he's admitting that, yes, well, this happened, but it didn't happen the way she said I guess I, 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 I think more than Tucker right now, the big 10 is going to have an issue getting around this or getting past this. I think, I mean, what, what's yeah. your take on it? Well, I don't know, um, Don, I mean, it doesn't necessarily. Um, and I say this cause this, I think this happens at other conferences. Hugh freeze was one time the head coach at Ole Miss and doing quite yeah. well. And he got caught up in a scandal where he was, his cell phone was used while he was on the road to call 
I don't know if it's a call girl service or something like that. And he was mm-hmm. doing, I mean, he was winning at Ole Miss, but when that hit the, when that hit the uh, papers and that became public, they, they dismissed him quickly. And uh, mm-hmm. he went, ended up at Liberty. Now he's back at Auburn, you know, the conferences and schools and coaches recover from this type of stuff. You know, they, they really do. I don't think it'll be a big laden on the big 10 any more than, Joe Paterno's scandal was about Penn State and Joe Paterno. It really didn't lay that heavy on the Big Ten. Yeah. So I, th- I think, you know, in all school, all conferences have schools, have coaches that, that this blows up every mm-hmm. once in a while on. And nothing can be kept secret anymore. You know? Oh, no. Just a, no, no. no. <laughs> and so there'll be another coach in another conference, big, big yeah. conference that this is going to blow up on again. And it, it, it'll happen. Uh, but I think uh, – the scandal with Mel Tucker runs that deep at Michigan State. Sounds mm-hmm. like it's between Mel Tucker, his issues. Uh, you know, Northwestern might have a little bit of a problem because that ran through the team, the coaches. Right. What did they know? What did they not know? Uh, right. I've already forgotten what P.J. Flex issue was. But uh, the Michigan thing so far just sounds like it's strictly Michigan State things between Mel Tucker and this other woman and, you know, and I think Michigan yeah. State will, uh, and they'll probably just they'll probably move on from Mel Tucker, and then you know that'll be it. Yeah, that'll be yeah. It. Well, I and and I, I just happen to remember as we were talking about all that. Um, what was it? Uh, eight nine years ago at the U of I, uh, uh, Tim Beckman fired for a pro, for what was alleged as, uh, I guess you could say, bullying players to play hurt and uh rough uh rough treatment of players or something like that so i mean Uh the big tens had their share over the last few years i just you know you just wonder if is is that maybe you know when it comes down to a kid and he's deciding um between say tennessee and illinois or tennessee and michigan state or whoever Mm -hmm. You know, that he looks at and says, okay, well, the SEC, you know, I'm not seeing scandals coming out of the SEC, you know, at Mm -hmm. least not on the level of what we're seeing. You know, here the Big Ten's got this going, got this going, got this going. Michigan State's had this happen. You know, maybe it may not weigh on the kid's mind as much as far as Michigan State thing goes, but would it weigh on the parents that say, you know, what kind of people are you hiring here to, to, to coach my kid? Mm-hmm. Well, it could, Don. I think mainly if the kids, what they're going to be is uh, uh, whoever Mel Tucker was recruiting in the high schools and his staff was recruiting, they're going to wonder who their coaches they're going to be playing for at Michigan State if they if they were going to commit. So yeah. I think that that's uh, that's where it'll hurt them at if, if this mm-hmm. thing drags out and Mel Tucker's not terminated rather quickly. Then yeah, this could this could drag out and hurt Michigan State. Uh, the yeah. Northwestern thing, I guess, has been pretty well is pretty well been gutted out. I'm pretty, yeah. I'm guessing right now, it's an interim coach they've got right now. Still they? the interim, yeah. Still the interim coach. Uh, the so they'll they'll hire someone in the off season and you know and yeah. move on. They'll be uh, out, but, uh, and I think that's what they're going to do. That that will that's what they'll do at at, at uh, Northwestern. I think you know you'll see them. And it may just they may just give the reins to this guy. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember who's actually the the. Northwestern coach right now, but, um, you know, but, 
but yeah, I think they they will move on. Um, and you know that uh, whether the Big Ten looks at it, I don't know. Uh, they may start looking at other schools too and say, okay, well, we've had problems at Illinois a few years ago. We've had problems mm-hmm. at uh, at Northwestern now. Okay, where is this hazing going? Because you know that that's a that is a big thing, or at least it was a few years ago. Amongst uh, mm-hmm. um, that was one of the big things on uh, a lot of people's checklists was, was haze anti-hazing laws and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I do agree. I think that, uh, you know, eventually what you're going to see on the Mel Tucker thing is, uh, you know, they're going to have to probably, I'd say within the next couple of months, they're going to have to make a decision, uh, next 30 days, especially, you know, are we going to, and, you know, give the investigation time to play out. Uh, and it may de- may end up being a formality that, you know, like you said, they are going to fire him um, and move on. And like I said, they'll have to probably have somebody in place or at least named by season's end so that, uh, like you said, recruiting won't take the hit. So, mm-hmm. right, right. Well, one interesting thing I did hear out of the, out of the, and I, I have to get your take on it. Uh, I know it's basketball and we're in football season. Well, one interesting thing I did here, and and I it's, I saw it a couple blurps on it on uh, Facebook, I think it was, or maybe it was, maybe it was uh, X, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Bruce Pearl condemning or criticizing Joe Biden publicly at some kind of a function. <laughs> well, I didn't hear that. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that was about. I mean, I I mean if that's the, if that's the if that's the biggest thing the SEC is going to have, uh, you know, they're they're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Pearl's had his issues with the NCAA, but uh, I had yeah. not heard anything about that. Yeah, yeah. I, there was something about that. I'm not. I can't remember yeah. what what where I actually saw that at. But uh, yeah. uh, so speaking of that, we'll kind of move on to the next national topic going on, or the next big thing going on in these last couple of weeks is. Rest in peace, the Pac-12. Yeah, boy, yeah. When that came apart, it came apart quick. You weren't Didn't expecting, it? yeah, you weren't expecting it to even after USC UCLA uh, to leave. You weren't expecting mm-hmm. to really to see that because you and I don't follow probably the Pac-12 like right. some people who are fans of those schools are. So I would think that. Uh, so, but I was surprised. I thought the commissioner there would be putting, trying to put together some sort of package. And the whole bid is on the television deal, I think, Don. Uh, mm-hmm. UCLA and UCSC lost confidence that they were going to get a good television deal from out of the Pac-12 anymore. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently the commissioner wasn't, incur- wasn't what he was trying to pull off, wasn't encouraging, uh, wasn't encouraging the other schools. He was talking yeah, about what, doing some sort of streaming deal or something like that. Well, and, what? Yeah, you know, what he was talking about. He had a commission, I guess, research what TV rights they were that 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 UCLA and USC were going to gain by moving to the Big Ten as opposed to staying in Pac-12. And he had worked up a deal where UCLA was to try to keep them in the Pac-12 rather than try and block them. He was trying to, he tried to work a deal where they would get 52%, I think is the number here, you know, $52 million annually during the next five years of the, of the league's media deal. That's Pac-12 commissioner George Klavkov, 
tried to get that brokered through the other schools, the other 11 schools. And I guess it was the Oregon president, Patrick Phillips. He's the interim president of Oregon. He completely shut it down and said the Ducks will not, he will not have the Ducks in a conference where they have to take less money than UCLA. And after that, it kind of died and they voted and it was 11 to five on the board of, on the board of regents uh, to approve the Bruins leaving to the big 10. Now surprise, surprisingly, they, they, they didn't care about USC. They wanted to keep UCLA. So I'm not sure, you know, uh, maybe UCLA has got the, is the, has the larger market. I don't know uh, for that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you got, and we all knew that the Big Ten wasn't done expanding. I mean, that was obvious. Um, that you know, they they've been talking after they got UCLA and, and UC, UCSC. You know, the talk was where are they going next, and everybody's looking at uh, Notre Dame. They were looking at maybe going out east again, getting somebody from out there like a West Virginia or Virginia. Um, yeah, a lot of people were saying Stanford would go to the Big Ten. A lot of people were saying. They might go the Southwest route and try and steal Arizona, Arizona state to get the North, the uh, Northwest Pacific Northwest. Uh, I, I mean, kudos to the big 10 pulling off. First of all, with nobody knowing it. Second of all, I mean, now you've got pretty much both ends of the West coast covered mm-hmm. in, in the big 10. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've got the East coast with, Maryland and Rutgers, um, mm-hmm. now that, that area. So, you know, truly it is a, it is a coast it, next year. It'll be a coast to coast conference, 18 teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm still hearing reports. They're not done where they're going next. A lot still people are saying this, that the other reason for bringing in Washington and, and Oregon is that they traditionally play Notre Dame a lot. Mm-hmm. And again, trying, you know, again, trying to coax Notre Dame. Hey, we've got some of the teams you like to play over here. Why don't you just join the mm-hmm. conference? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that's going to happen. The interesting thing to me also was the big 12 who you and I thought last year when they lost Texas and, and Oklahoma that, okay, sure. you know, this, this conference is going to go nowhere fast and, and, and mm-hmm. hit the, and hit the depths of despair. And, you yeah. know, now they've added Arizona, Arizona state, Utah, and Colorado's uh, Colorado, yeah. BYU's going in there, I think. Isn't yeah, BYU? I think BYU, BYU entered this year, I think. BYU, Cincinnati, there are two others that entered this year, and I can't think the other, but I know BYU yeah. and Cincinnati for sure entered this year. You know, now, now you got to think that the Big 12, who was thought to be on life support, now they're a power conference again. I mean, you've got a 16 team power conference over in the Big 12 now. Yeah, they um, saved them. They went out and saved themselves. They got good leadership. They finally got they got a commissioner over there who, who was aggressive. They, the, in some ways, Don, losing Texas, unleashed this conference a little bit. It sounds crazy, I know, but the mm-hmm. reason the the Big Twelve almost fell apart is Texas went out and did their own network, the Longhorn Network, and they blocked right. the Big Twelve from doing their network, and so that's why. Colorado left. That's why Nebraska left. That's why Missouri left. That's why Texas A&M left. And uh, Longhorn Network, so they couldn't do that. They could do a network deal, but they couldn't do mm-hmm. a, a network like the Big 12 or the SEC. I mean, like the SEC or the Big 10. And so uh, that that's when, uh, but when Texas and Oklahoma 
decided to come aboard the SEC mainly because Texas did because their their Longhorn network was really a disaster. It wasn't bringing in the money. So they're going to attach themselves to the SEC. So it, the, the, losing Texas kind of was uh, able to unleash the Big 12 to go out and bring in people and plan. And maybe they can do a network now. You know, now they got rid of Texas. It, it hurts. I know it hurts them, but they've done a good job recovering by bringing in some of the schools they have brought in. So they should be. And who who wouldn't want prime yeah, coaching in your conference? <laughs> You know, I'm, I mean, yeah, you know, I'm, about bringing, bringing, well. yeah, bringing in a, a names, all of a sudden a name school in Colorado. Yeah. You know, you should. So I, the PAC 12 back to the PAC 12, you know, yeah. several years ago when they, all these conferences were putting together these uh, networks and what I was reading or picking up on was that the SEC and the big 10 did it right. The ACC was putting together a network and had put together a network but this is the Pac-12 network was kind of a flimsy deal. They had like a Pac-12 network. If I understand North and a Pac-12 network South, it had different programming. Uh, they yeah. were trying to appeal to the broad uh, geography of it. And that's not the way the Big Ten or the SEC did it. It was all, you know, it was one network. And that right. kind of, that was flimsy. It, didn't, it never really worked. It never brought in the revenue they thought it would. Hence why USC and UCLA bolted. And then that just started the whole thing, dominoes falling over there. So yeah, yeah. And then you and then you have on top of insult to injury to all that, mm-hmm. Cal and Stanford go to the ACC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was shocked that the ACC would go that far to the West. Myself, I was too, and I, that's a big uh, move for them. Um, but, you know, and I'm not sure that was a popular move with all the schools uh, mm-hmm. to bring in Cal and Stanford, uh, all their schools. It was somewhat of, the, of a – there was some conflict between the, the current schools over that. But I guess they feel like they're in a defensive mechanism. They need to do something. Uh, so they, they went out and brought in Cal and Stanford. Is it just Cal and Stanford, the only two they brought in from yeah. over there? Uh, no, they also, they also brought in – one of the a- AAC schools, and I. Oh, okay. I didn't. I have lost track who all is going. Sometimes who all is going where, where. But yeah, anyway. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. They're trying to get up. What they were they trying to get up to eighteen? Is that what the, the ACC? Was I think they to want to get there? to eighteen, but right now they're at seventeen. Seventeen. And, okay. Yeah, they're at seventeen right now. Oh, here it is. SMU. SMU. That's right. SMU's taking a cut in, in revenue. Basically, you don't have to pay us as much for so they're many years, like a, and then they're big, they're they're big time alumni are going to make up the difference. They want to get out. Like, they want to get into like a Power a, Five conference pretty bad. Right. Yeah. It's like a it's like a thirty percent cut over the next eight years or something like that in TV Yeah, they revenue. don't take the same. They don't get the same deal the other ACC schools get. Yeah, and, no uh, doubt. So, so they 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 kind of talk their way into that that conference. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh yeah, it gives ACC a gives them a school in the Dallas market. So it might be a bright move. It might be a good long term move for them. You know, was we'll, you know, just have to wait and see. Yeah, and and you know, and like you said, like they're at seventeen. So who do they go after next year? There's also some talk that the SEC may be looking at North Carolina. Well, there's been talk about the SEC will be at sixteen next year. And there has been talk about would they, should they, or would they expand 
uh, try to get to 18 teams. It says, who would it be? And would they go, Florida State's been making noise that they're unhappy with the ACC. And whether they would go to the SEC or, you know, there's a chance for the Big Ten to go into Florida. Would they do that? I don't know that the SEC right now seems content to stay pat with Texas and Oklahoma coming on board and see where it goes from there. They're already in Florida. As far as the television market, they're already in Florida with Florida. Florida, right. Uh, Florida probably wouldn't be too happy about bringing in Florida State. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It would make a natural but, rival for them, though. But, and then there's there's talk. Yes, there's talk in the SEC about going into the east, to uh, further up the coast there. Maybe pick mm-hmm. up North Carolina or pick up Virginia, uh, something like mm-hmm. that. Something uh, like that. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I don't think it's because you never know. Uh, I don't think it's that serious yet, but you never know. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma, when they made the move, it kind of surprised me, just like yeah. USC and UCLA made the move. So you just never know what's being talked about in the background. So, yeah. Well, you, well, like I said, you figure with the, with, with the Big Ten at 18, ACC at 17, looking further expansion, Big Ten's looking for further expansion. Big 12 now is at 16. They got the same uh, level of teams as the SEC. Mm-hmm. You wonder if maybe the SEC is going, wait a minute, who's passing us up here? I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge, I think their TV contract is going to be solid. I don't think, I don't think oh, yeah. any of these other conferences are going to steal any money off their TV contract for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or get a huge, I mean, big 10 might now with, with four teams on the West coast, but that does lead me to the final question on this whole, on this whole saga. What about Oregon State and, and uh, Washington State? What do they do? Well, that's a good question. I'm sure they're they're searching around. Of course, you heard the rumors probably like I did. I assume that WAC, the Western Athletic Conference, will eventually absorb them or they'll go into some sort of deal with them. When looking out there in the horizon, that seems to be the only option they have. They could pull from other conferences and, form, and, and try to reform the Pac-10, I guess, mm-hmm. if you want to go back that far. You know, they'd, but they'd still have to pull – they'd have to pull – by next year, they'd have to pull at least six teams to be a viable conference. Because yeah, I, mean, I think you have to have eight to be a conference. Yeah, you know, it looks like going in with, you know, Wyoming, Boise State. Uh, I, I don't know who's in the whack right now. I'm trying to yeah. think. I'm I think I think, I think it's, the, I think it's uh, the Mountain West now. Mountain West, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mountain West. Mountain West. I, well, yeah, that's it's Boise State, uh, Wyoming – Air Force, Utah State, yeah. Colorado yeah. State. Yeah, they could also yeah. look at the Sun Belt with uh, San Diego State and a couple others down there. But I don't know if they can get that kind of a deal pulled together in twelve months. No, the only thing they could do in twelve months is if the other, if, if the Western Athletic Conference absorbed them, just absorbs them, just absorbed them, and that looks like to yeah. me the logical next logical step. It's either that or they go the independent route and join because uh, there's only four independents right now, and that's Army, Notre Dame, UConn, and UMass. So they could join the ranks of the un- of the independents, you know. Well, you know, and th- there's no money in that. Uh, there's no TV contracts. Notre Dame has their own TV contracts, so they don't. They well, can, that's true. They yeah. can afford to be independent, but I, I don't think it pays off in the long run to stay independent very long. I assume no, UConn not for those is, two. UConn is looking for a home. And I, they mm-hmm. may be waiting to see what, what opens up or something like that. But uh, yeah. I'm sure that Oregon State and Washington State are going to try and find a 
a home somewhere pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I like I said, I, I'm with you. I think they go, I think they go mountain. West. I mean, they could surprise everybody and go Sun Belt, but the Sun Belt, I don't think really has a big uh, following uh, any, or big media. Uh, sure. We'll get on the next subject here in a little bit, but right now I want to talk to you about uh, buying a car. You know, that's very stressful, but there's one place that's trying to change all that. Fifth Street Motors, located at 2044 Rose Lane in Pacific, Missouri. At Fifth Street Motors, they want to make your car buying experience less stressful. They'll help you with finding the vehicle you need, no matter what brand. Because at Fifth Street Motors, they believe in giving you the absolute best price on a pre-owned vehicle that's going to fit your budget. Give Brandon or Don a call today, 573-259-1306. That's 573-259-1306. Tell them Don Glenn and Russ Robinson from the NCAA <laughs> Report sent you. Let's kind of shift our focus to, I mean, we kind of did talk about what's going on in the Big Ten, but let's, uh, the last, we've got three weekends under our belt now. What's the SEC looking like? Well, I think that's a good question. They, they certainly, I was watching the SEC Network this weekend. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams that are not performing very well right now. Alabama is struggling to find a quarterback in their offense. I mean, they South Florida gave them a lot. Tennessee just got beat by uh, Florida. Tennessee almost won the SEC last year. I mean, they had a really good year. So it, it's really kind of – it's an uncertain – certain where it's going right now. Uh, the only team that really stands out right now is Georgia. It still stands out. But <laughs> a lot of teams are still trying to find themselves. Arkansas got beat by BYU. Uh, so, you know, the um, LSU won this weekend, won rather handily over Mississippi State. So I, I think there's still a lot of question marks about the SEC. I don't know that it, right now it's dominant like it has been. You know, until we see what happens with Alabama, till we see what happens with uh, Texas A&M, until uh, we see what it's just it's everything's kind of up in the air right now so uh i think a lot of people are focused on what's going to happen with alabama because they got you know they got beat by hanley by texas last week and this week south florida just they couldn't put them away. they had a hard time putting them away so we'll see they'll start playing each other more as we go in we're entering the fourth week so there'll be more sec games this mm -hmm. week than there were last week so I, that's kind of where it stands I think there's a lot. There's some disappointment in the SEC about the performance of some of the SEC schools and who they've played so far and, and how they performed against them so far. I was kind of flipping through the scores from from this past weekend, and you know, like I said, Georgia's ranked number one, but barely. You know, I shouldn't say barely, but only wins by ten over South Carolina. Right now, you know, South, right. now South Carolina. They uh, jumped up and beat a couple teams last year they shouldn't have near the end of the season. So, you know, maybe they had a little still beating their chest a little bit on that. But, you know, you, some of these, you know, you would expect in the first couple of weeks, you saw the SEC teams rolling over their opponents. But then again, they were playing Grambling and right, uh, sure. North Texas State and stuff like that. Right, About right. the only team, the only team that has that's that's had kind of a rough go, but it's been Vanderbilt. Yeah. <laughs> but then yeah. again, they always they always have a rough go. <laughs> They they have a tough yeah, they have a tough go. Now let's look at next week's schedule, Don. So mm -hmm. what we'll yeah. see is Auburn and Texas AM. That'll be a good interesting max matchup. Mm -hmm. Uh we'll I see so. uh Mississippi and Alabama. That'll be a test for uh, both those schools to find us teams where they where they're gonna go for. Arkansas plays LSU. I mean, I'm just going through some of the 
some of the more interesting ones. So, you know, there, there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be some sorting out next week, I think. Yeah, I think you might see that. And, you know, I, I want to get kind of your take on that Alabama Texas game, too. I didn't get to see, I, I mean, I watched maybe two or three minutes of it. So I, because I was in and out and just kind of flipping through and catching the last couple minutes of it. But what do you take from that game? Is Texas for real? I mean, they're not, and, and they're not an SEC member yet. You know, next year, that's going to be a conference game. It, it appears so. I'm a little surprised that the way they handled uh, Alabama. And, uh, but Alabama's struggling this year. I don't think they've got everything together yet, but uh, Steve Sarkeesian, I think is the coach, is a coach at Texas now. Yes. And he seems yeah. to be putting, he might be putting it together uh, just in time to be coming to the SEC next year. So I, you know, I think they're going to be a, I think there'll be a player this year nationally. I think they will. Mm-hmm. It's just like Steve Sarkeesian mm-hmm. has, you know, he's the one right. who cro- who got the uh, next Manning quarterback, Arch Manning. I mean, he's and he's not mm-hmm. even playing yet. I think he's. I don't know if they're trying to redshirt him, but he's not their starting quarterback. So I think uh, I think Texas could be coming on the in the way they handled Alabama was impressive. So yeah, yeah, okay. You know, playing the games in this uh, late summer heat kind of reminds me that you need to stay hydrated. And have you heard about Liquid IV? Well, let me tell you about it. It's the number one powdered sports drink in America. It delivers two times faster hydration and three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It uses a process called cellular transport technology, which acts as a hydration multiplier designed to deliver more rapid absorption of water into the body. It also delivers key vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. It's non-GMO, contains no soy or dairy. It's gluten-free. It comes in different formulations, and many, many different flavors. You have your basic electrolyte replacement, which I like to use when I'm out working in the yard. There's an energy multiplier. Comes in handy for me when I'm doing my podcast. They also have an immune support formula, which I use myself. There's also a probiotic uh, kombucha blend, as well as a sleep formula. They have great flavors like lemon lime, golden cherry, which I like, and Yazoo pineapple, which is actually pretty good. They have uh, a new sea berry, uh, pina colada. Uh, I need to give that one a try. Just recently, they get a sugar-free line in white peach, green grape, and lemon lime. They have also now introduced multiple hydration for kids in banana, tropical punch, concord grape, crisp apple, and cotton candy. Liquid IV is conveniently packaged in individual sticks so that you can take them anywhere, to the beach, to the gym, to the office. Take some on a trip. Did you know that traveling on an airplane, humidity is 5 to 12% less than in the Sahara Desert? So people taking a long flight, they can get mildly dehydrated. And the typical tea or soda, alcohol just won't help. Matter of fact, alcohol furthers dehydration in that instance. So take a pouch or two along with you. Ask for a bottle of water, paw off the top, drop it in there, bang. Hydration multiplication. Liquid IV cares about the world we live in. So they resource sustainable raw materials produced by family farms. They use 100% recycled materials in packaging. They also provide $1.3 million in grants to expand clean water access in other countries. So right now, go to liquidiv.com, use the promo code GCS at checkout, and get 20% off your order. That's liquidiv.com, promo code GCS at checkout. You can also shop Better Hydration using my link, zen.ai slash Talking sports on the bleachers and get 20% off anything you buy. So check out hydration multiplication at liquidiv.com. Okay, so now 
let's go to the obvious in your backyard there, Missouri, 3-0. and Well, what's up with this? Well, and, it's and, not, and, and I and I get and I guess you've solved your quarterback controversy as well, right? Well, it seems to be. Um, first of all, they played South Dakota the first week, so you can't take anything away from that. Then, then they played Middle Tennessee State and struggled to really to put them away, and never really did. So we, so this this game against Kansas State was really kind of unexpected. But this kid, Brady Cook, has come along. He had a really good game. And one of the criticisms of him last year, uh, Don, was the fact that he couldn't get the ball down the field, throw the ball down the field to his wide receivers. And this year, it looks like it's he's much better at it, getting the ball to them. You know, okay. not just little swing passes or screen passes. Uh, he's really th- cranking the ball down the field. So, yes, it looks like he's – he shut the criticism down at least for another week. And next week they play Memphis. And that'll be a that'll be a nice test to see if they come back from a big win to go and take care of business next week. That'll be a good test for the for Eli's program to see if how far he's come along, if he's got those guys motivated when they play Memphis next week. They're playing them right. in St. Louis. It's a home game, but it's to, they they did schedule the game in St. Louis. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, what's their schedule look like going down the road now? I mean, who else have they got coming up? Let me look it up. See if I can well, if they get past the Memphis, if they get past, they really had a favorable schedule if they could get past Kansas State. You know, of course, mm-hmm. they play Memphis. Vanderbilt's next. And then if I'm – I just pulled the L- schedule yeah, up. Yeah, it's a Vanderbilt, LSU, Kentucky, South Carolina. They got a heck of a gauntlet coming up at the end of the season. Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, that's – Right. Out. Well, here's here's the deal. They if they get past Memphis next week, they'd be four and zero. Right. Then they play Vanderbilt, and you know, depending on Vanderbilt, they should they could be five and zero. Uh yeah. Now LSU, I don't have a lot of hope there, although LSU's coming coming to Columbia. But then they play Kentucky, and Kentucky and Mizzou's always been a good close game. Mm-hmm. And then South Carolina's a game that that they have beaten South Carolina in recent years. So, you know, they could start off, Don, seven and one. I mean, it's really that'd possible. Be fan- that'd be fantastic. That'd I mean, be great. I mean, it's, it's possible. Then they hit Georgia, Tennessee. Florida's a team they played well. And Arkansas's a team they played well. Uh, so, you know, the, the games that I would be questioning they'd have much of a chance to win would be LSU, Georgia, and maybe Tennessee. Uh, but the rest of them are up for grabs, I think. I mean, I I don't see a way that that Missouri is is, is not playing uh, New Year's Day uh, right now. Look, looking at their schedule and what they've already done, you well, know. We, I, we would, I, yeah, you know. Well, we hope so. Think, you know, as a Missouri fan, you have to take it one game at a time because there have been disappointments in the past. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I get where you're coming from there. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. So focus on Memphis right now. That's what I, I hope that, that the team does and uh, just gets gets a, a solid win against Memphis next week. And then we can see it really would be a good measuring stick for how well Drink is preparing his teams. Uh, now, if he can let his teams not have a letdown after the big K-State win uh, against right, the Memphis right. team, that's decent because they beat Navy last week. But they're not a great team, but they're certainly a decent, solid team. Yeah. Well, I guess that leads me to the Big Ten in Illinois. There really hasn't been many big games uh, of uh, teams in the Big Ten playing 
really tough opponents that we've had a lot of conference mm-hmm. games, but it's been Nebraska Rutgers or, you know, Maryland and uh, Indiana, Ohio state, um, you know, nothing really of any kind. I mean, this last week, in Illinois Penn state was probably the biggest conference matchup they've had so far. And of course uh, for Illinois fans that did not work out real well. Uh, and I think what you're seeing, I think, the, I think Penn state and, and after watching them and watching that game against Illinois, uh, I've seen a couple some highlights from some of their other games. This and you and I were talking about this before the show started. You know, this could be their year uh, that they finally mm-hmm. make some hay in that uh, Big Ten East. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough when you've got Ohio State and Michigan in the same com- in the same part of the conference as you, and you know Maryland is is no slouch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so you've got three teams there that are that are more than capable of knocking you down a peg or two. But, you know, I, they've got a good quarterback. He's a lot like our quarterback in that he's not only good throwing the ball, mm-hmm. and he's more, uh, I think he's actually more, he's more prolific than uh, Altmeyer, but he can run. And mm-hmm. I think Penn State uh, and their defense is still as solid as ever. So I think Penn State's going to be very, uh, very tough to, to, to overcome in that, in that East, you know, not saying that, that Ohio state and, and Michigan aren't going to be able to cover overcome it. Cause now Michigan does have Harbaugh back as the coach. Uh, he's mm-hmm. served his three game suspension suspension. So he's uh, ready to go now. Yeah. I'm looking at your big 10 schedule next week, Don, and you got some oh, interesting yeah. games coming up next week. Ohio yeah, state's got can... Notre Dame. That's Notre the big Dame, one. Right? I think, I think that's going to be your big one. Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame. I think. Let me grab it up. Let me pull it up here real quick. Well, Penn State plays Iowa. You know, that's that. That's also going to be tough, and that's yeah. and that's going to be one where I think you'll finally you'll you might see just how good Iowa is. Um, they're always going to have a good defense. They're always going to play mm-hmm. tough defense, and um, so I think you're going to see how good they are. I think the Wisconsin Purdue game, while it may not be a match a, a big matchup in a lot of people's eyes. I think it's going to tell where those two programs are going to go because Purdue is not, I mean, they haven't had a, a, a great amount of success this year so far. I mean, losing that first week to um, Fresno state, and then they just lost this last weekend to Syracuse. So they're going mm-hmm. in this game one and two, you know, facing Wisconsin, who's always going to be fairly tough. And there's no two ways about that. You know, but they've kind of had uh, they've kind of had an easier schedule. They've played Buffalo, Washington State, and Georgia Southern. Uh, only loss being to Washington State. So you don't know what those two teams are really going to be like. So I think this is going to tell a lot. And with both of them being in the same division, it could have some per- pretty considerable division separation, if you will. You know, if uh, Penn State were to lose that game, or I mean, uh, Purdue loses that game. As far as the rest of the Big Ten schedule, I think uh, Illinois. We've got a uh, we've got a non conference game. Thank God for small favors. Uh, (laughs) But but Florida Atlantic is not going to be the way this team is playing. Florida Atlantic is not going to be easy. I'm not saying that that's a a guaranteed win. Nebraska playing La Tech. I don't know if that's uh, going to be any, any consequence. Be interesting to see how Michigan State handles being under an interim coach. Uh, right. In their first conference game against Maryland. But I think I think the big game next week is going to be that Ohio State-Notre Dame. That, I think, is going to be the game everybody's going to tune into. And then, of sure. course, uh, you know, you're looking at the 
It's, and it's interesting because they're both playing the Notre Dame Ohio State is on NBC at 730 mm-hmm. and the Penn State Iowa is on CBS at 730 both on mm-hmm. Saturday. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not sure the schedule I'm not sure the schedule makers had that one figured out right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you, yeah. you may see you may see a lot of homes with two TVs. <laughs> uh, sure thing. You know the you have uh Michigan playing an undefeated Rutgers. I don't know how good Rutgers is. You probably know more than I do. Uh, they're good. I mean, they're 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 flexing their muscles this year. I think they may end up qualifying for a bowl because the three and zero now. You know, and they've got they still have one with Wagner coming up. Got Indiana on their schedule, which I think is possibly a winnable game. Michigan State up in the air. That could be a winnable game. So yeah, I mean, they, I six seven wins might be a good might be a good good barometer for Rutgers. Like I said, I don't think if you're asking me if they're are they in the Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State camp, I don't think so. I just don't see that happening at this point. But then again, you know, like you said, stranger things have happened. All right. Getting back to the to your your Missouri boys there. So is the contra quarterback controversy over? For right now. Yeah. I mean, I think they saw a bit of Sam Horn. He's a redshirt freshman that everybody was so high on. There's, uh, that everybody wanted to see. And they saw him in the South Dakota game, the, all the second half, and Mizzou built, built up a pretty good lead in that game. They put him in. He just didn't look like he was ready, Don. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't play him at all against uh, MTSU because they just never built up a big enough lead. Of course, Brady Cook looks so good, you know, against Kansas State. I mean, I think it is, you know, unless Brady gets hurt or if uh, Brady – somehow uh, slips, starts slipping, starts performing badly. But it looks like it is over for right. I think it is. I think Drink has made up his mind, and mm-hmm. I think he's going forward with Brady. And I think most of the fans now see it that Brady's Brady's the one ready to go. So I, I tell you, the one guy that keeps impressing me on, on Missouri is, is Luther Braden. Oh, Luther Burden, yes. Or Burden, excuse uh, me. Yeah, the wide receiver, yes, and he's really a big part of that offense. And he yeah. he can catch, he can create plays. I've seen him do a short screen passes where he's created, made that into a long, a long gain, or he's uh, or and he hit, and Brady hit him on a long touchdown pass yesterday. Uh, so it, it he is he's the most talented offensive player they've got, and uh, they've got other receivers yeah. that are good, but Luther Burden's in the league by himself. Is he a, he's a freshman or sophomore? He's a sophomore. He came, came in yesterday, played last year. year. And so he's a sophomore. So, uh, they, you know, they're trying to keep him happy. They don't want him transferring (laughs) out. And so he's got NIL deals and all that. So they're doing all that. He's probably got a future in the NFL when he's ready to do it. So it's just, Oh, I'm sure he does. Has the pressure come off a drink any? Some this week. I think if he had lost that game this week, this past week, I think, you know, the pressure will start building. Uh, I think it was a good turning point for him. So, the, yes, the pressure is off. But if they somehow manage to lose against Memphis next week, then you'll see it pick up again. So, I mean, you know, he he really needs to do better than six and six this year. He really does. I say eight and four, he'll be solid. You know, there won't be any questions if he can go eight and four. Uh, seven and five, I'm not sure. But six and six won't do it. I don't think that'll do yeah. it this year. On the Big Ten side of things, I mean, Illinois had a, I mean, 
I looked at the schedule at the start of the season. Originally, I didn't give Kansas game much of a much of a thought. I thought that would be our toughest non-conference game for sure. Right. But, you know, I thought, okay, they should be able to win that game. I thought we'd play better against Penn State. And we actually did for about for the first half. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so I was thinking eight, you know, eight wins, nine wins, not a problem for this team. And I'm not saying I'm backing off of that because I still think it's it, it is possible. But they're going to have to fix some stuff and they're going to have to fix it real quick because mm-hmm. when you take on now, granted, Toledo was the Mac champion, which I didn't realize last year, but the Mac champion facing a premier power five team or t- uh, conference team like an like an Illini, that game should not have been close where Illinois had to win it with a field goal in the last eight in the last uh uh, 30 seconds mm-hmm. um you know that that game should not have been that and they and i kind of blew it off because they had uh, 10 penalties for 105 yards and you know so that tells you they weren't the cheap penalties <laughs> or 115 yards they weren't the cheap penalty they had a lot of uh pass interference right. they had a couple of sportsmen like conducts and the big penalties they were having were on toledo drives they gave toledo basically extended three Toledo drives, which led to uh, 13 points for Toledo. I mean, you take those, you take those penalties out of the way. And now, you know, that game's all of a sudden to where it should have been with a double digit Illinois win. Kansas. I don't know if it was, I I can't put my finger on it with, with Kansas. Uh, I think Kansas, Kansas is obviously a better team than anybody, uh, at least that I thought they were. And I think better than a lot of people thought. But again, Illinois played a D, and this is something like Aaron Henry's going to have to figure out really quick. Is he's going to have to, and I think you saw that starting to happen in the Penn State game. The first couple games, I think Illinois was using more of a read and react defense, uh, and they're just not that fast of a team defensively to do that. Um, you know, you don't have a Sidney Brown, a, a Devon Witherspoon in that in that defensive backfield. You know. You still got your big boys up front in uh, Jerzon Newton and and Keith Randolph, but in a read and react, you, you're basically taking them out of the defense because they're not doing what they normally, which is just try to get on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the line of scrimmage as quick as possible. Right. Uh, so I think that hurt him in the first couple of games. The one bright spot spot the first two games was Luke Altmyer. I, I really liked the way he looked in that first in that game against Toledo really liked his uh, decision-making and, and, and what he brought to the table against Kansas. And now you go against Penn state and he throws four interceptions, can't run the ball and just doesn't look, didn't look at all like he did, like he did in the first two games, the running game, which I thought was going to be fairly good because we had two backs as opposed to one last year. Uh, Josh McCray really has not gotten it untracked. Reggie Love showed some good uh, progress this last game, but he's been held. I don't think he's hit 70 yards yet in the three games. Uh, matter of fact, after the first two games, the leading rusher was Luke Altmyer, the quarterback, mm-hmm. by about 30 yards. Uh, you know, of course, a 70-yard run against Kansas will help that any day of the week. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the offense, I don't know if – I think a lot of it is the offensive line because they lost uh, – uh, Alex Pelcheski and uh, uh, Alex Filstrom, uh, two big stalwarts on the line last year. 
replaced one of them with a JC transfer and another one with a uh, um, a kid that transferred in last year. Uh, so, you know, there, there are a little bit of growing pains, I think, there. I think not having uh, Brian Hightower to be your bookend for uh, Isaiah Williams has is, is hurt him a little bit, although Pat Bryant is, and Casey Washington have shown up very well. So I think it's going to be a mixture. I think uh, this game against Florida Atlantic would be a chance for them to get back on the – get their feel-good mojo back a little bit uh, mm -hmm. ahead of a, a schedule that – you know, now that I'm looking at it again, uh, with what we know now, yes, they they'll get bowl eligible. I, I don't mm -hmm. I don't think there's any doubt about that because uh, we got after Florida Atlantic, we got Purdue, Nebraska. So mm -hmm. I think uh, those two probably. I again, we'll we'll know more about Purdue after the game against Wisconsin, but I think we should beat Purdue. Nebraska shouldn't be that tough. Uh, and and I'll get to Nebraska in a quick second here on that one, but uh, Maryland is going to be a tough game. Then we got Wisconsin, Minnesota, which, you know, they're, they're, they'll be the Minnesota game will be tough. Cause it's at Minnesota, Wisconsin's at Memorial stadium. So that shouldn't be too bad. Indiana. And then we finished. And then we got Iowa and Northwest. So, you know, mm -hmm. Penn state was the biggest uh, conference foe we had to face uh, mm -hmm. the toughest. And, and a lot of people have said that the, the big 10 West is, is, is wide open. And, I'm not sure I really agree with that because I don't, you know, I, I don't think like Northwestern Nebraska really have a shot. I don't think Purdue's really got a shot. Uh, I think it's going to come down to Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, if they can get stuff turned around. If not, it's going to be a two team race. You might see seven, seven wins coming out of the, the big 10 West as a, as your, your, uh, your winner, so to speak. But it's getting to let's say about Nebraska. There's people already now calling for Matt Rule's head. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Nebraska, give the guy a break. Yeah, really, you know, because he's first year and all. Uh, I think this is his first year, and it, yes, it is. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, and he's a proven coach. He's a guy who's won oh, yeah. at other other places. Yeah, the Nebraska fans going to have to be patient uh, with him. Uh, you know, like you said, Don. I, it looks like the next three games will give. Uh, Illinois a chance to get some traction on the season and it's really hard to imagine that one point in my watching college football that I ever say Nebraska was a team you'd like to have on your schedule at this, this <laughs> point I mean this is how far this is how far they've fallen uh, you know and, and I know when those Nebraska left the Big 12 to go to mm -hmm. the Big 10 I know they thought they could go in and be a one of the dominant schools there, but that's when the downfall started for them. Yeah. Uh, they started going through coaches and they just made some bad coaching decisions and, and things like that. So they've never really, uh, they've never really been a, a, a factor in the big 10. So I, that's just, that's my observation. Just, I just think of all the years that, you know, Nebraska mm. was a, one of the prime schools, you know, always a top five school in the country uh, mm -hmm. program country and how far they followed in the last few years yeah oh yeah i remember as a, i remember as a young kid uh back in you know the, the mid, early to mid 70s you know you you end of the year when we only had so few college bowl games you know mm -hmm. uh you always were seeing you know, what you always saw was you saw nebraska you saw oklahoma you saw florida you saw notre dame you saw ucla you know and, and to see like you said where, where nebraska is is now 
it's I mean, oh, and and even uh, guy when you got into dating, you know, Wisconsin. I mean, they're not the team they used to be when Alvarez and Bielema coached over there. I don't know if we can chalk it up to the parity now in college football, or is it uh, like you said? Is it just they've had a couple of bad seasons, a couple of bad coaching decisions, and now this is where they're laying? I, you know, in Nebraska's case, they just after Dr. Tom Osborne. I call him Dr. Tom because he was a he was an honorary PhD, but uh, mm-hmm. you know he had won all the national championships, and it just seemed. Then he's his heir, uh, heir apparent was a longtime assistant of his, and I'm, right now I can't come up with his name. But he left there and went to, uh, well, he went to a Mac school and was quite successful there. I forgot what school it was, but uh, the guy they got to replace him that was uh, the first coach they had when they went to the Big Ten. He wasn't so bad, but he didn't he didn't rise to the level that they thought of. Then they just went to a series of coaches that were just disasters. Scott Frost, I know they had a lot of hope for him uh, to turn the thing around, uh, but you know he, I, they, you know it's just uh, I'm not sure exactly what the problem is, but uh, you know might be just trying to recruit players to come to Lincoln, Nebraska. You know it's not really the the sunshine state. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really not like being recruited and asking to go somewhere else. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just, uh, I think the coach you were looking for after Tom Osborne might have been Bo Pelini. No, no, that was two. That was the one, uh, he came after later. Bo Pelini was the coach that came, uh, into the, oh, 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 you mean right at, well, the run that came right after was, uh, Frank, uh, Solich. Solich, that's the guy I was trying to think of. Solich was a, a uh, hmm. he did, he had double digit win seasons. But he wasn't winning the Big 12, and he wasn't winning national championships. And they thought they could do better, and they let him go and brought in uh, Bo Pelini. Pelini was an 8-9 win type coach. They let him go. And then I thought they brought in the coach from uh, – They had actually Bill, – Bill Callahan was – Bill was Callahan between, came in. He, yeah, he was Bill between, was – He was, he he was, was between a, Solich and Pelini. Right. Uh, Bill yeah. Callahan came in and he was a disaster and yeah, right. that's right. And so uh, and, they just, one just got worse than the other, but Matt mm-hmm. rule is a good coach. So they, you know, the best, best shot is to give him a chance. Give him, yeah. Give, give the man, give the man an opportunity. You know, he's, yeah. he's got, he's got uh, what four years of frost to make up for. So, you know, yeah, not, yeah. not going to be done in one season over there. No, that's for sure. No, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this one. Uh, kind of close the show on this thing here. Illinois and Kansas hooking up in a charity game, a basketball game that is. Okay. Uh, they they played last year in a what they called a secret scrimmage. It was hardly secret. Everybody knew what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it was all over the the Illini message boards and everything. But they were going to do it again this year. And the two coaches got the talking, and this is shortly after the uh, fires in Hawaii, the Maui fires there in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And they decided that what they'll do, instead of having a secret scrimmage, is they're going to have a charity game to raise money for uh, victims of the fires in uh, the wildfire in Hawaii. And that will be October 29th, 5 p.m. in Champaign. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it will be the first time Bill Self has come back to Champaign since he left. Since yeah, he left to, okay. to go to Kansas. So that's okay. going to be very interesting how well he gets uh, 
Get your welcome. seed. Well, it's, it's been it's a long time. It's been a long time since he's been yes. there. Uh, Self is kind of an interesting character. He's not a popular coach with other fan bases, so you know he may get he may get a a reception. They did that once, Don, with Mizzou and Kansas played a charity exhibition game, uh, mm-hmm. raised money for the Joplin. I think it was Joplin tornado victims. Ah, back okay. A few years yeah. Ago. Yeah, so they did that ago. a few years ago. So anyway, yeah. so that sounds that's a good deal and it's a good way for the school for the both coaches to get yeah. a measure of where their team is at before they hit. The oh seasons. yeah, no doubt so, about that. Yeah. And the game will be actually be on BTN, uh, Big Ten Network. So oh, um, good. Yeah. It'll be actually be on the Big Ten Network. So uh, I'm assuming that'll be so they can publicize the relief uh, 800 number and all that. And I know yeah. the tickets on that, the tickets on that thing are just outrageous. I looked into it and I'm like, I ain't got, you know, I don't need, I don't want to feel like going to sell my car uh, so I can <laughs> get a ticket to that. Really? Game. Really? There you go. Oh, they're, yeah. Go. They're talking like $2,300 for, for down on the floor and all that. It's like, I, I, I'll, I'll watch it on BTN. I'll, there you I'll go. watch it when it comes out. But, uh, but yeah, so that's coming up for, uh, just thought I'd get that little plug in there for Illinois. Well, Anything else you want to talk about? Well, we covered it pretty well, Don, I think. Uh, I don't want to ramble on about something, but, uh, you know, this will be a good week in football for both schools mm-hmm. to measure where they're at. I know young oh, yeah. guys only got Florida Atlantic, but still yet. The next two, three weeks will be a good measuring stick for both mm-hmm. both schools. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I'm about ready to run out of juice here on my computer. My battery. Okay. Well, back. and if so, that being the case, then I'll just let everybody know uh, that uh, I want to thank Russ for coming on with me tonight and uh, let everybody know that uh, Gateway City Sports is where you find podcasts, a lot of different articles. Uh, I know I just published one this week, My Champagne Dreams. I published the uh, second uh, issue of that. It's kind of kind of a uh, answer to your Missouri musings or whatever you call it there. Yeah, Missouri musings, yeah. Yeah. Missouri musings, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but uh check out gatewaycitysports.com. Uh we cover like I said everything from the college to the pros. You can check out articles from Russ Robinson, Brian Papaswope, Gene Bonds, Derek King. You can also check out the other podcast, uh, Team of Rivals with Ron Nuttall, Pete Geddes, and Elliot Dewey. You want to check out the Mighty Moose, Mike Stevenson with his two for three. Coming soon, the Derek King Sports Show with Derek King. Do yourself a favor. Check us out at gatewaycitysports.com. I also want to thank Wiley Group. Uh, they have uh, locations in Festus and Arnold. They do great rates. They have a lot of different insurance uh, coverage for you and your home just to keep you and your health, your uh, family, and your life protected. Uh, give Sean a call today, 636-764-6294, or email Sean, seanwiley at allstate.com. Talk to him about coverage options, and remember, you're always in good hands with Allstate. And with that, for my broadcast partner, Russ Robinson, this is Don Glenn. Have fun, stay safe, we'll see you again when we have the NCAA report. Goodbye to everybody.